Let us pray. Father God, speak to us now as we tell the story of the birth of our Savior. Enter our hearts. Leave no one without your word. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Good evening and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. There is a specific person I want to speak to tonight. The one who is fed up with life. The one who wants to give up on life. The one who cannot take it anymore. You cannot think of the last time when you were filled with joy, perpetual, real joy. When you weren't sad, when you weren't angry, when you weren't tired, when you weren't empty, when you didn't feel alone. And this person might be saying, how long must I endure like this? Is there no justice in the universe if only things can change for me? And to cope with the heaviness of life, you might have resorted to adopt and practice bad habits, possibly addictions, which deep down you know are not the solution and only hurt you and those around you. But if that describes you, please listen this evening. But listen with a fresh set of ears. You have to listen with ears of faith. I bring to you Good news. This is what you want, isn't it? Good news. I bring to you good news of great joy. One that will heal. One that will calm. One that will fill. One that will nourish. One that will give you warmth. Peace, hope, and love. Christ, the Savior, was born for you. He was born for you. The purpose of Christ being born was you. You. There is no other reason for Christ being born but you. You are the reason why Christ entered the world. You. God came and dwelled with us because of you. Christ in eternity past 
before time and space, fully satisfied, lacking nothing, giving to and receiving from God the Father in communion all the love that could possibly be given and received, decided to leave that perfect communion with God for you. All of this that we celebrate today for Christ being born, He came for you. When I read this passage, I asked myself two questions. One, who is this story about? Is it about Joseph and Mary? Is it about the shepherds? Is it about the angels? Or possibly about Caesar Augustus or even Quirinius? Now, they all have a part and role in the story, but ultimately, this story is about Christ and you. Yes. God's Word, this story, has Christ and you in mind the entire time. Who is this story for? It's for Christ and for you. We want to remind and celebrate and honor and give glory and praise to the Savior of the world that never forgot the day he entered the world and became like one of us. So yes, it is for him. But also, it is for you. It is for you to know that the Savior of the world was born to give life and salvation and hope and joy and blessings and all of his inheritance and all of his power with all of his might to you. Let us walk through this story and may God speak to you. May God speak to you. Caesar Augustus, the first, and according to many, the greatest Roman emperor, the so-called exalted one, who established Pax Romana, Roman peace throughout the Mediterranean, but through an iron fist. He established peace through an iron fist, not through love, not through majesty, but through fear, brute fear. And so this Augustus, this so-called exalted one, issued a decree in Greek, a dogma, that a census would be collected 
for taxation and military purposes for everyone. And everyone out of great fear, not wanting to be hurt, imprisoned, tortured, obeyed and followed this dogma. This is where Joseph and Mary enter the scene, into the story, who come from Nazareth, from the north, and they want to register, and they travel three days, likely south, into Bethlehem, just below Jerusalem, where King David was born. This Joseph and Mary's possible origin, where the scriptures tell us that is where he is from, Obedient to the decree, out of possible fear, he follows, he obeys the so-called exalted one. And so as they're about to register, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, Jesus. She wrapped him up in stripes of cloth and placed him in a manger because there was no place for him and them in the inn, in the home, or the guest room. Imagine that. God enters the world, and there's no place for him. The story then moves to the shepherds. Who are these shepherds? Your guess is as good as mine. No one knows who these shepherds are. Not much about them is even told outside of they live nearby the fields. This ambiguous nature of their description, I believe, helps us insert ourselves into the story now. Yes, I want you to insert yourself into the story this evening. You and I are the shepherds. These insignificant people in the eye of the world who nothing is written about, no name is given, no place is designated for them. Yes, we're often frowned upon, these shepherds. They were not particularly religious in the eyes of the religious elite. No, the leaders of the day, the religious leaders of the day often were notorious for despising them and scorning them because they were too busy out in the fields and not practicing in the religious life of the temple and elsewhere. These were hard-working shepherds. Their cattle, their flock, likely for the temple. Yet, these insignificant people that the world knew nothing about were the ones that God chose to send his angel to. And the angel of the Lord appears to them and the glory of the Lord shines around these shepherds. Yes, when God comes to those insignificant people, glory follows. When God arrives and enters our life, glory follows. Do not be afraid, says the angel. I bring you good news. The angel here 
personalizes it. In the Greek, it's this second person singular. You, the one I'm speaking to right in front of me. You, I bring you good news of great joy. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born unto you. Yes, you. He has been born unto you. He is the Christ, the Messiah, the Lord, the Anointed One, the Exalted One, the Alpha, the Omega, the Beginning, the End, the Lion of Judah, the Light of the World, the Bread of Life, the Bridegroom, the Chief Cornerstone, the Deliverer, the Good Shepherd, the Great High Priest, the Emmanuel, the Great I Am, the Word, the True Vine, the Rock, the door, the Son of the Most High, the way, the truth, the life, the resurrection, the Son of David, the Son of Man, the Son of God has come upon this world for you. He was born for you. He is in a major, says the angel. And suddenly a great company of angels appear and they begin to praise God saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to man on whom his favor rests this is the Gloria Excelsis Deo that we just sang in the Latin Vulgate yes as the angels accompany this one angel has declared and praised God, this Savior has come for you, but He's not only come for you, He's not only born for you, but He also lived for you. And not only did He live for you, He died for you. And He was raised. He was raised for you. For this is the person he came, for this is the reason he came, to conquer death, to give us salvation, to give us life, so that we can dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever and ever. This is the good news I have for you. For I am no different than that angel. For I am only a messenger of God. Nothing more, nothing less. This evening I come just like it was evening 2,000 years ago and I give you this good news. Peace with God is received by faith in Christ. And it is on believers that his favor rests. For he is the Prince of Peace. Christ the Savior was born for you. Now what will you do with this revelation? 
Notice what the angel does not say here. Notice what the angel does not say here. The angel does not say, go, seek, and find. The angel says, the child is born. He is in a major. He leaves it to the shepherds to do the seeking. There is no decree. There is no dogma from God to go. To seek, to find. Not here. What will you do after hearing this story? It's up to the shepherds to go, to find, to seek. He is born. But will you go and find When I was about 16 years old, I remember my mother once telling me, there we are, probably this time in the evening in our living room, just me and her by the coffee table with one light on. I remember it as if it was yesterday. And my mother told me, son, one day, one day, you will repent of all your sins and you will accept Christ as your Lord for he is the Savior of the world. At the time, those words really didn't mean much for me. I hope this evening these words have more weight for you. Because from the time I heard those words from the, until the time that I surrendered to Jesus, my life was a living hell. Forgive me. But it was the moment when I accepted Christ as my Lord and my Savior that everything changed for me. And everything changes for anyone who comes to faith, who believes that this child is the child that gives life, who is the savior of the world. You will never be the same. Your life will never be the same. It can't. It won't. Impossible. No way. This isn't a myth. This isn't a child story. This is real life. You will be transformed radically. Everything you thought was wrong becomes right. Everything you thought was right becomes wrong. And if this is what the world you see, if this is all you see what's before you, I tell you, my dear friend, turn around. All you've seen is half the story. Turn and listen to these words. And as you turn, you will find that the enemy has kept the truth from you. For behind you is the full picture. All of life stands there to be received. True life.
turn. Change your ways. Believe. The mere thought, the mere thought of Christ often makes me weep. I can only imagine what happened when these shepherds went and saw the Christ. You see, in verse 15, when the angels left them and had gone back to heaven, it says the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. And they go, and they see, and they are never the same. Because they leave praising and glorifying God, and they go and they share the word. They go and share this revelation because they no longer are the same people out in the fields. No longer are they insignificant. No, now they have a purpose. Now they are children of God. Because just by their actions, they come to faith. I don't know the situation you might be in as I read you a long list of the people, the person I might be speaking to, the one who's fed up in life, the one who wants to give up, who can't take it anymore, who's sad, who's angry, who's tired, who's empty, who feels alone. My friend, This story, if you believe this good news, everything will change for you. That doesn't mean life will stop being hard and difficult and the challenges will cease. No. No. But there's an internal peace there's a joy, there's a comfort, there's a confidence, there's an endurance, a perseverance that you did not have until you received this great news of great joy. So this Christmas Eve, I speak to that person who has not yet received or has forgotten this great Savior. We celebrate him, we glorify him, we give him praise. To you, Lord God, is all our praise and our worship. For you are worthy of it, Lord God. Your life will never be the same. And then our names will be written in the book of life next to our saviors. May the Lord speak to you with these words. A child was born, the Savior, the Christ, for you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for blessing us 
with our Lord Jesus Christ who was born for us, who lived for us, who died for us, and then you, Father, raised them for us. Speak to all people, Lord, who have heard this message. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.